Getting into your first home is a massive milestone. It really is. It's one of the biggest transactions you'll ever do in your lifetime. It's such a massive process and quite often it's very stressful and sometimes the rest of your finances just take a back seat and they get forgotten about. And when I say forgotten about, I mean forgotten about for the rest of your life until you're about 50, 55 and you realize you've left it a bit too late to save for your retirement. And what that means is, you know, most first home buyers around the 30 years old, if you take the maximum amount of time to pay your home loan off, it becomes a 30-year loan, which means you're going to be around the age of 60 by the time you pay your home loan off. So you're in a situation where it's actually probably going to take longer because throughout the repayment of the loan, you might draw back on some of the equity again. You might want to draw back on equity to buy some cars or you've just got costs of putting kids through school or raising a family and that sort of stuff. So quite often the maximum 30-year loan term can turn into 40, 50 years forever of being in debt. Now, obviously that's what you want to avoid because long-term that's no good. So today what we're going to do is just have a look at some basic ways in which you can structure up your finances to make sure that you achieve everything you need to achieve in life. This is not about getting super rich or anything like that. It's about just having rock solid finances, which by the way, generally, if you want to become wealthy, you want to have some rock solid finances anyway. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome to the First Homeowner Concierge Podcast, where our sole target is to get you into your first home. Now on to today's topic. Alrighty, so generally when it comes to structuring up your finances, and when I say structuring up, it just means organizing your finances. The best way to look at your finances is in terms of what do you want to achieve. The easiest way you can look at this for most millennials is to say, well, I want to retire with enough investments that will make me an income so that I can live out my retirement without having to rely on a government pension. So that's pretty basic. It doesn't mean you're going to be super wealthy. It just gives you something to aim for. You could tweak that up if you want to be more wealthy. Uh, but for the purpose of this exercise, I'm just going to do what most people should be aiming for, in my opinion. What does it take to actually achieve that? Because, you know, if you're 30, for example, let's just use the example of someone who's 30 years old. If you're 30, for example, you've got Basically 30 years, if you want to retire by 60 or 65 is, is general retirement age these days. You've got 35 years to figure all this out. You've got to have a family if that's what you want to do. You've got to take care of all the other things that you want to experience in your life as well, as well as pay off your debt and live a good life. It seems like a massive challenge when you think about it because you think, you know, buying a property seven or 800 grand Putting kids through school costs a lot of money these days. Doing anything costs a lot of money these days. And you think about it and it can quickly become overwhelming. But that is the point of this exercise. It's not the fact that things are overwhelming. Yes, these are large goals. They are overwhelming. But if you just forget about them, they don't go away. The repercussions of not getting to that goal doesn't go away. 
it just means you'll get the alternative, which is living off a government pension, which is pretty much as close as poverty as what you can get in today's situation. When you're looking at trying to achieve a big goal or a big outcome, the easiest way to do that is to chunk it down and put it into sections. So let me put it into a few sections where we can easily start off. So the first section is what you do first, and then the, the, the last section is what you do last. There's four sections here. Number one, protect yourself. Protect yourself right now, as well as into the future. Number two, budgeting. Number three, paying off your home loan early, which will allow you to do number four, create enough income for your retirement because you can start putting money in towards your retirement because you've got no debt to pay off. Before I get into those four things, I just want to jump on, on, on one little word. This is not financial advice. I'm not a financial advisor. That's not what I'm licensed to do. Having said that, I do have 15 years worth of experience in finance. So number one, protect yourself. Most people are not appropriately insured for insurances like income protection or TPD or life insurance or anything like that. This is a big problem, right? Because if you try and think like someone who's already wealthy, wealthy people want to protect their wealth first rather than go out and make money because there's no point in going out and creating wealth if you're not protected and you just go out and lose it. So protecting yourself is the first thing that everyone misses. So the most basic one is income income protection because if something happens to you for more than, you know, a year or so and you can't work or your ability to work is affected, that's potentially going to affect your income and Obviously, that's where income protection comes in because if you've got a 30-year loan, how are you going to pay that loan off um, if your ability to work is decreased? So income protection is a massive thing. So for most people, the easiest way to look at this is to do a basic little exercise. So if you're 30 years old and you want to retire at 65, you've got 35 years of working left. If you earn 100 grand a year, your insurable amount is 35 years times 100 grand, which is 3.5 million. That's an asset I would want to protect. Pretty simple. The other situation in terms of protecting yourself is life insurance, especially if you're a family and you've got one major breadwinner because obviously if that major breadwinner passes away, life is going to become very hard for the remaining parent and kids to survive. Protecting yourself is not just about protecting yourself now, but it's protecting yourself into the future. And that is the first thing people fail to get. They don't even think about, all right, well, how do I shore up my, my, my asset now, which is my ability to make income? Number two is budgeting. I know what you're thinking, wake me up when you're done. I am not going to go into any boring stuff because I hate budgeting as well. But you don't need to spend much time on budgeting. People think that this is a really hard task, but really it's probably 30 minutes to an hour every six months is probably more than what you need to do, in my opinion. Now, you can go hardcore on that, and some people do. Good on you if you can do that and you've got the discipline to, to keep that up. But really, most people only need an hour every six months. 
One of the purposes of budgeting is very important, and that is so that you know where your money goes. Because of how our economy works today and all of the transactions we make, it's actually really hard to keep up with where your money's going out. And that is incredibly important because the more money that's going out that shouldn't be going out means the less that can be going onto the home loan. And I can tell you from basically looking at clients' statements for the last 15 years that most people would have at least 100 bucks a week that is going out that they could be easily saving without any effort. And there's a lot of people that is a lot more than $100 a week. So that's all I want to say on budgeting. Again, I'm not going to bore you on it. Number three is pay down your home loan faster. The secret here is to start. And generally what happens is that when you first get your home loan, you basically tick a box, monthly or fortnightly payments. Fortnightly repayments can often be better. Beyond that, most people don't do very much. I did an exercise uh, a couple of weeks ago on what the difference would be if you... Th this, this exercise was if you refinanced your home loan, paid that back down into the loan and paid an extra 100 bucks a week. And that was a $400,000 home loan. And in the case study, they ended up being 280 grand in front or something like that. The only reason I throw that figure out there is for you to understand how much of a difference this actually makes and what you need to do is start. So <clears throat> a lot of people at the start will go, oh, either that's not important or we can't afford anything else to pay on the loan. Uh, that's pretty ridiculous. You can afford $10 a week. So when I say the secret here is to start, you just got to put something every week extra into the home loan above the minimum. And the whole idea there is to every, I don't know, six months or a year, you just need to review how much you're putting in and up it. So even if you're upping it, upping it by an extra $10 and that's all you can afford to do, that's better than nothing. And believe me, by the time it comes to the end of your loan, you will actually get a surprisingly large amount, large amount ahead with that extra $10 a week that you're putting in. Obviously, throughout time, if you're increasing the amount you put in, firstly, you're just you're dealing with it in terms of your the rest of your living expenses. You're not really noticing it. Like if you put an extra hundred bucks in a week, you're probably not going to notice it. But then again, if you go again in six months and then you put an extra 50 bucks a week in and after a while, you're not going to notice it either. So that's the beauty of it. Every six months or so, you can just keep putting more in. And eventually you won't notice that you're putting so much into your loan amount. Whereas at the start, for example, um, I think I put an extra $250 a week aside. At the start, I would have said, well, an extra $250 a week is a lot when I first took out my loan. I think that was similar to what the repayments were. But over time, what happens is you just deal with it. Either your income goes up or whatever, but over time you're, you're paying your home loan off. Sometimes it's over 10 years quicker, depending on how quick you can pay off. So I just want to explain there, if you pay your loan off 10 years quicker and you're paying 500 bucks a week onto your home loan as your home loan repayments, over that next 10 years, you can basically put 500 bucks a week towards your retirement. So 
500 times 52 is 26 grand times 10 years is 260 grand. So that 260 grand obviously is going into is now going into your super or some sort of investment if you're saving for retirement. Um, and that's also compounding. So that 260 grand is actually a lot higher by the time you get to the end of that 10 years. So what I want to say about that is this is the goal. This is where it's at. This is the great trick banks play on the individual, on the borrower. And that is to keep them in debt for the longest amount of time possible because that means they're making the most amount of interest and that's where they make profit. So your goal is to pay the home loan off as soon as possible. It's not rocket science. It's just people just don't understand it in terms of in terms of long periods of times. We can't just, you know, it's 2022. We can't see more than three weeks ahead of ourselves. So that's number three. Just pay your home loan down faster. Get started. Start with an amount that doesn't even matter to you. And that brings us to number four, which I'm kind of talking about already. And that is to have enough income for retirement. People look at retirement in the wrong way. Like, oh, I'm going to buy an investment property and then I'll be able to sell it. And I'll have a stack of money there at retirement. And then I can just eat into that big stack of money. um, And that's going to fund my retirement. Firstly, that doesn't work. I haven't seen many people where that actually works. That is more just hope. In the crypto world, they call that hopium. And that is basically you've got your head up your ass and you're lying to yourself. A better way of doing this is looking at it for the long term and growing your pot. So whether that you might have some in property, you might have some in super, you might have investments all around the joint. Cool, whatever, however you want to do it. But the objective should be to make enough income. But the objective should be to make enough income off your retirement investments to fund your retirement because if you have to start liquidating meaning if you have to start selling some of your investments for cash to fund your retirement your overall investment portfolio will decrease so quick and the risk is is that you will eventually whittle away whatever savings you have or whatever investments you have and then at the end of the day you'll be left with not enough And then what will happen is you'll be on a government pension, which again is closer to poverty. Obviously, you don't want to be closer to poverty. So there you go. That was a simple and easy way of how to structure up your finances over the period of a lifetime once you get into your first home. The most important thing here is that you put things into action from the start. For the generation of first homeowners now, it's going to be the most challenging time of any first homeowners financially than any other generation. And that's just the world we live in now. The next 10 years is not going to be as rosy as what the last 10 years were. And that's just, it might be an opinion, but I've had this opinion for five years and things have been going in that way. So From what I see that's happening in the real world, that's going to continue to happen. My point here is that that means individuals like yourself, if you're listening, need to take control of your finances. Structure is the most important thing because that gives you the firm foundation to live the life that you want to live. A mortgage broker is a good port of call here because ultimately 
A mortgage broker such as us here at Wilbell Mortgage Broker is a great place to start. If you are the type of person who wants to be responsible for their finances, we'd be interested in helping you. We can tee you up with someone to, to help out with the income protection side of things because it is actually very hard to do yourself, this sort of stuff. And anything finance related, quite often you need those trusted advisors around you. Anyway, that's the episode for today. If you liked it, please reach out and let us know because that's a sounding board for us to tell us that we're talking about the right stuff. If you've got any questions about structuring things up, we're happy to be a sounding board. Things like potential investments as well, we're happy to be a sounding board. Again, we're not financial advisors, but we do know the right places to seek information and seek help. That's it for us today. Till next time, catch you later. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the First Homeowner Concierge Podcast. If you've got any questions or you would like to get into your own home or you just want to stalk me online, you can search Will Bell Mortgage Broker on either Google or Facebook. 